Alright, welcome to Unsolicited Bridge Picks. I'm Gabrielle Bills, and today I am thrilled to be joined by a couple of my fellow breakers. I just made that up when I was writing this, and you guys are going to have to deal with it. So, <laughs> uh, we're going to be discussing the upcoming primary elections here in Vermont, August 9th. So, welcome back to the show, Mike Fife and Matt Moore. Um, Alright, so to start, we have to set the stage here, right? There is, we already know there's a gratuitous amount of uh, time and energy poured into elections, and we are not entirely above the fray, so we decided to jump in and treat the elections with the same tender care with which we treat any charged sporting event. <laughs> I know you guys are sports fans, so yeah. <laughs> we're good here. Um, so to remind all of our listeners, we have a great little article on uh, the rake about where we think leftists should fall when it comes to running in elections. It's titled, Socialists Should Be Shutting Down Burlington City Hall, Not Running It. So if you're wondering what we think about any of these <laughs> lovely politicians running, that should give you an idea. So let's get to it. To kind of get us warmed up, we were going to talk about the quitters of this season. <laughs> so I don't know if we should just go through and list them off. It's uh, Please Cue In The Eyes of an Angel by Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, here we go in the Boreums. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> And to be clear, these are the these are the politicians we support the most. Yes. 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 Especially. You Thank for, you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quitting is encouraged. So we've got. Uh, do, do you guys want to read off the list? Do you want me to read off what we who we got here? We got Patrick Leahy. Yeah. Patrick Leahy, quitter. Quitter. <laughs> Legacy of quitting, Patrick Leahy. <laughs> and bombs and all that stuff. Read my article on the rake about Patrick Leahy's uh, mixed human rights record. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's important, right, is thinking about what are these politicians' legacies, right? So that it's it's like, what have you done for us, other than what more bombs? What have you done for me? That's a, yeah, a very song-based podcast right yes. now. Yeah. He's, he's done, and he will cede power to, I don't know, maybe you can full-time star in a Batman movie something <laughs> like that. But, um, TJ Donovan. The what man a... whose star just fizzled the fuck out, didn't it? Uh, what's he doing now? He's now working for a, uh, is it a gaming company? Roblox? Yeah, where basically oh, yeah. they uh, try to skirt uh, mm -hmm. around, par like, parents can't sue them because their kids steal their credit cards to download 500 to thousand dollars of microtransactions on Minecraft. Yeah, exactly uh, what you would expect him to do next, right? That's yes. Everybody saw this coming. <laughs> and do we know the reason? Does he have a, a an open reason for quitting? Like no. he's because he's old, right? So we know. Yeah, I, I honestly like think it's just like he realized he got passed by on like the star train. Yeah. That's just my guess. Of like he thought he was pretty destined for higher things, and that didn't happen. And... It has been fun to see like the. The petty little quibbles between him and Sarah George, though, that's been really exciting. Yes. Throughout and so, you know, he can go away, fuck off, be a capitalist and, you know, a kind of ghoulish person. And may. maybe he gets the nice little return that we all have been desiring, especially uh, later on down the line. 
that could happen. We all know Vermont politicians are very famous for just leaving and coming back to do something. We will actually talk about one of those people. We've got lots of examples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for, for using every position for the springboard to the next. Phil Scott's really jammed everybody up. The man's unbeatable. <laughs> and it means everybody else needs to quit. There's no room. <laughs> That's why State Treasurer Beth Pierce has quit. The woman just... In, uh, the woman most famous for uh, give back, get, call, get your money on mm. TV. She's oh, cool. Great commercials. Uh, Jim Condos gone, which is very interesting. Be, not only because like we lose the jolliness, like guy looking jolly factor yeah, in Vermont that's politics, true. like that's true. you know, uh, undeniable, undeniable jolliness. Uh, but also that he's caused a stink because he apparently has endorsed another kid is deputy for Secretary of State, which has gotten people who actually care about this stuff to be rather uh, perturbed in a stupid way. But, you know, good for Jim. Good, good on you quitting. Chris Pearson has quit again. Uh, I don't have any, I just don't even, like some of these people I just don't have thoughts on. It's like you quit yeah. and you're a politician later. So I, I, should, I should admit, every time I've worked for a politician, I'll make my confessional, I did help on, on some of Chris's campaigns early on. Um, and Zuckerman. So those are my full disclosure. You know, there are soft spots in my heart um, for those beautiful men who is, have not gotten much done materially for poor folks. Is Chris one of the people who is saying that um, he doesn't want to be dealing with this because it's too charged and too political, like everything is too I honestly polarized. don't remember, and I just don't care. But yes, that is a theme for a lot <laughs> That's of these a theme. people. That's yeah. a theme yeah. for uh, this next person, Celine Cobert. I think we uh, have maybe learned in uh recently she's kind of discussed that at least on her uh social media platforms yeah. at times very overwhelmed by the vitriol yes, yes. especially from leftists man we are just uh, the problem it is it's so hard when you actually get pushed to do something Stop. it makes you want to quit and we encourage quitting so we're going to keep pushing y'all keep quitting <laughs> <laughs> If only it worked on Biden. Yeah, and again, yeah, so Chris Pearson, Celine Colburn, Anthony Polina, all um, progressive, like actually progressive, uh, like prog parties, not the prog slash dem, you know, like first and foremost, Burlington progs, right? It's all our, that's all our pro league <clears throat> progs, I think. Do they have <laughs> anybody left in the big leagues or are they just triple A, single A, double A? Politicians at this point. No, I think you're right. And good teasing. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> We're just queuing everybody up for little bits down the road. Yeah. Right, so that's we'll have thing. to look at the big names coming up and see if there is a progressive candidate to this. We'll hold any power at all. Um, yeah, Michael Sorotkin is also quitting uh, after a long time, and he replaced his wife, so long, yeah. long time. Really? Corey Parent. He's like a Republican from San Albans. I, uh, uh, I don't I don't know who Alice Nicta is. I don't know who any of the rest of these people are. All right, are, but great. You know Josh Terenzini. Let's give a round of applause. All right, Corey Parent, Alice Nicta, Josh Terenzini. Sorry, Jeanette White, and Ann Pugh. Great job. Great All job. Ann Pugh, South Bend. Congrats on your years. next ghoulish gig because oh. we know you're going to take them. Like, we hope that you have some rest from the terribly polarized uncivil discourse have, that has made your life so miserable. Have a great time on some nonprofit board shitting on all your employees and making sure they don't get raises. Woo! So, alright, let's, uh, first big race, guys. This one's a nail-biter. 
gubernatorial race. Who do you think is going to win, guys? And it's anyone's guess, right? Is there anybody guess, running right? other than Phil Scott? I really don't know. I don't follow the news that closely. No, yeah, Brenda Siegel. Is, oh, shit. I that? always forget about Brenda. Oh, she works That's really the Democrats' hard for slogan, actually. It's, I always forget biggest. about Brenda. <laughs> Because she can't get endorsements from any of her fellow Dems because they're busy. busy uh... They're like, you just did the whole, like, Yeah, cut me off it. before I say something terrible. <laughs> That's good. Um, it's very funny about Brenda because, like, you know, back in, it was maybe November 2021, mm. she did the camp out at the State House for a very, like, what we people would consider to be, like, that was a noble cause about was that all the way back in november i think so and it was winter it. at least it was like an winter unelected person yes and got more done that way yes no, she was, was great no she, no, she was she, not. Had, she held no position she, she held no position at that time oh it was because she it was in between it was yes between her lieutenant governor run from god what was that 2020 yes it must have been uh she ran for remember she ran for lieutenant governor and lost in the primary to molly gray uh and then she was not in any form of uh, oh. elected office during that time. So she did something. And, and she, she was, was effective. She it's was effective. When and you're it, not in elective office, you can do stuff. And I hate to be the cynical asshole, but to think that that was a platform of like mm. reintroducing me to getting to run for governor. And let's also be real. It's just being accepted by the Democrats because they're like, sure, go for it. We're not actually going to like put up a fight because it's extremely hard to often incumbent usually it's actually funny it's, if you go historically it's extremely hard to offer republican incumbent from governor yeah. it's actually the margins are closer with democrats yeah. especially on midterms so they just don't care because bill scott the the real thing is whether or not he maintains what like 70 75 percent of the vote what do you get last time 80 I mean, he might walk, I mop no the floor just, with yeah, uh, it just... Zuckerberg. So it's like, sure. <laughs> Zuckerberg. Zuckerman, hey. whatever. Hey. <laughs> uh, Brenda is one of these good examples of the kinds of things that we well, we talk about in that in that op-ed, right? Like, what what is she going to be able to achieve as a politician? Well, versus... can, you can't sleep out if you're a politician. And if they did, I might actually go vote for them. Right. If Chris Pearson is sleeping out at the at City Hall, saying we need safe injection sites, mm -hmm. I vote for the guy. Yeah. But none of them are doing this, and they're more effective when they're not politicians than when they are. So shout out to Brenda Siegel for some semi-effective work mm -hmm. before becoming a politician, and boo to Brenda Siegel <laughs> for then using it as a platform. <laughs> to become a politician again. Brenda, stop that. <laughs> if you want to not get heckled by the rate, which isn't much incentive, sorry. But yeah, we do have, of course, Phil Scott, who's obviously going to win the GOP primary, right? Because we've got, he's run against two other people, two other Republicans in the primary, which is always... And one's like a straight up white supremacist, but that's... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... So. No, but perfect for Phil, right? Because then he's the... Right. Oh, I'm not a white supremacist. So yes. He gets the con he and like Charlie Baker get this very like convenient argument of oh, we're like the last and I guess Larry Hogan. Right, the last of it. Last of like the good I'm like but you're you know if that were true as much as I, the one thing I always find very funny is being a terminally online person that I 
And <laughs> you see, I have, we have our own circle of people who are in like the, you know, left uh, sort of space, but you see the kind of like Burlington lib sort of people. And so when uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned and Bill Scott put up just the very generic statement of like, we're going to make sure abortion rights are, you know, I don't know if he even used the word protected, but just like upheld. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people who are like, just almost like in my, you know them as like, oh, that lib account on Twitter. They were just like, if you really believed that, you would t- shy, you would actually run as an independent. Like, and why? And I just want to ask you, why do you think he doesn't do that? <laughs> because he does actually fall in line with the Republican Party and stuff. He just understands like it's politically inconvenient to be, you know, uh, pro-life in this state. Like, yeah. And, and he framed it, for, for example, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but recently he, f- he framed it as personal freedoms. Right. Mm. Right, which is... Beautiful. That's gorgeous. Right? Yeah. I'm, that he's is so really, well done. He's oh. really a skilled politician. I do... I mean, this is probably whatever. I do also think that he, as a politician, is somebody who genuinely believes in listening to people and, like, taking in their opinions and those kinds of things. I do think that about him. But, um, but also just that's like, also just like a Vermont politician brain rot sort of situation where like everyone just George Aiken did. No one the fuck knows who George right. Aiken is, man. Like, but the thing I is mean, that he on. knows. He also knows that like doing it that way is going. Like, how many Dems voted for Fisco? Oh, I mean, it's going to be. Well, he, he smiled. He was nice to me, right? Right. And I did look it up. Forty-one percent victory margin. 70 to 30. Two, yeah, Thunder should, Road beats tractors. He should just match it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, don't knock the milk bowl, though. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that? They just bring a cow out and they milk that thing. Oh, and make the guy it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh perfect. Anyhow, all right. So, um, oh, yeah. Oh, and I, I would be remiss to not mention that the Progressive Party has Susan Hatch Davis running well, there in you primary... Go. You know the progressive primary for which, at, at least on my ballot, there are 15 positions, and the progs have seven people that you can vote for. If I had a heart, <laughs> if I had a heart, oh, I would feel bad for Brenda because she's somebody that should should get an endorsement from the progressives or the Dems, and she she can't get any love from either. And if I had a heart and I cared about anybody who ran for political office, I would feel bad for her. That's yeah. as close as I can get. Well, to, to remind you of why you are completely heartless toward toward politicians, we're going to talk. We've, we've got this great listicle, right? We are also not above listicles uh, or, or like above that fray. So we've got the... Uh, a listicle of why the position of lieutenant governor should be abolished. Mm. Um, so, Matt, you had a, you have a, should we, we'll count up as we go. So, number one. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's, it's dumb. It's just a dumb. Like, it's a dumb, it's dumb. It's a dumb job. You should feel bad that you're in second place. <laughs> like, you, know, you just should. It's dumb. You know what's funny, too? Is like, lieutenant governor in Vermont is is more meaningful than in a lot of other states where it has like not not even not even like the overseeing senate stuff but what do we do if the governor dies if we don't have a lieutenant governor so riddle me that you too the president of the senate yeah all right fine fine all right 
That'll work. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, whatever. Salt. Yeah, like, like there's Which that. brings us to number two. Number two. We don't need a junior position for governor that is basically a springboard for someone's political brand. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it was Phil Scott's brand. He, you know, dutifully served as a, what was he, a state senator for a little yeah. while. Yeah, he was a state senator. Jumped up to that and then got to everybody know him and is, gee, ah, shucks, well, I just drive my race cars. And <laughs> people are like, that's great, awesome. So he could just easily float on into that role. Howard Dean was lieutenant governor. It's just, it's a junior position that we don't need. It be, I mean, we don't, we just don't need it. The number three, how do you even run on any sort of platform? Yeah. There, we saw this in 2020, Molly Gray just had this huge platform of policy positions and all this sort of stuff that people were like, if you actually understood the position, you did the homework, you would know you're not gonna have any say in this. And the fact that uh, Zuckerman yeah. complained that he didn't get enough time in the room with Phil Scott because yeah. it, the governor, a governor inherently understands the lieutenant governor is useless. I don't need him, him or her in the room right. for anything. So why why bother? It's like, oh, you are not ceremonially cer ceremoniously. Ceremoniously, you're unceremoniously excluded yes. from these meetings. And so that will <laughs> it will come up later. But why did why? And it all ties into point number two. Why did Molly Gray? present policy positions as a, for a job that's inherently useless. Because she wasn't running for that job. Because she wasn't running for that job. And that's yes. why, and that, again, it's just a branding exercise. We don't need this. Right. Also a great way to get your fundraisers, you know, you, hey, I showed them I can win. Showed them I can win. You need a win. Well, that's exactly what she did. Well, she, and she never stopped fundraising throughout. Right. Through, yeah. But that's the, uh, what, what you were just talking about with the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what our next our next uh, part of the list is. But yeah, the uh... with the composite. So number four, <laughs> <laughs> with the composition of the legislature now and probably in the foreseeable future, one of the key duties of the lieutenant governor is to break ties. Ties could happen, but they mostly don't. So why are you, your one responsibility is a responsibility you've never had to actually put into action. We could easily just put somebody else to do it. We can have that, you know, the uh, Senate pro tem speaker, whatever. The you governor. Want. The go yeah. A randomly appointed person, just like in 24. It could be uh, Jack Bauer, you know, do one of those situations. Or do whatever, I don't even know. But anyway, you just, it's like, I don't foresee a large shift. There, the only shifts in the legislature in both chambers are going to be how veto-proof or unveto-proof the Dems yeah. have in power. That's it. Mm -hmm. So the tiebreakers aren't going to be there. Yeah. So again, it's just useless. And then five, like, it's just, it's just sad. Hmm. I mean, we'll we'll get briefly, but like. David Zuckerman's running for the job again. If yeah. you have to run to get your old job back, that should be the sign of like, this is this is sad. We just need to, you know. It's a strange move too. Like why? Like it didn't that didn't work well for you the first time around. You did not enjoy working with Phil Scott. 
Does he just need something to do between his like gentleman farming? I like I don't I, know. The guy works hard on the farm. One would think. So I yeah, it, I'd love to get the truth serum and be like, why? What are you doing? <laughs> are you waiting for Phil to retire and then you're thinking you could be the governor? But he's waiting for Phil to retire against a party that he won their nomination and blatantly did not want to support him. Yeah. Like, and that, and that again is the problem with like the progs in a sense is they won't stand on their own. He will go for the Democratic nod because he understands that's like a larger constituency. But they don't. They don't want it. They will. They they would just as soon throw T.J. Donovan back into the pile to run for governor or whoever the loser is in this uh, Congress race. They just as soon throw them into the. The, the heap and Dark, would him. Hang on, I have one more thought about this, and and it's related to Dave. And this is, you know, I used to work on some of these campaigns, and one of the things that makes me personally hate electoral politics so much is they're just handpicking people. Like we don't have choice; it's fake choice, right? And so, like, even if you get a air quotes that can't be seen on radio or podcasting, <laughs> a progressive who then runs in the damn primary. The Dems then don't bring us signs. They didn't give access to their uh, to their data. We had to create our own data. Uh, we had to use the Prague database. They didn't share data, right? They're basically being like, no, you can win a primary legally. That's the whole point of an open party structure. And then the party's just like, nah, fuck off, man. We don't like your politics. And you're like, well, this system's fucking stupid. Like, why are we even in it? So why... I mean, yeah. why am I participating? This whole idea of like, well, if you don't like it, you know, just join and get enough people. That's still not going to work. It's not going to work. You don't you like can it, look run. At, you can look at Bernie <laughs> Nationally. If you don't like it, vote. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But you look at Bernie Nationally, you look at Dave locally, and the Vermont pretends they're any better. They've got, what, 102 votes in the House Senate, and they still can't get anything passed. We still don't get minimum wage. We still don't get paid family leave. We, you know, yeah. and you've got a veto-proof majority, and you can't do shit. Yeah, even in Burlington. Like, even forget in Burlington, about, forget yeah. about the state of Burlington. But it's at every level. You've got local. Yeah, you've got local, you've got state, you've got national, and it's it's all the same shit. And if you know anything largely about the Democratic Party as a national party, that uh, the trickle down of that towards the Vermont Party is they love the idea that Phil Scott's governor veto. He vetoes everything because it's an easy way to campaign on the fact that, like, oh, see, it's not our fault nothing's getting done he's the one that's roadblocking everything when they actually aren't serious about the legislation that would be impactful materially to other people q vote harder vote harder guys no, actually this is the fun the fun part of this of this uh little episode here is you don't have to figure out who we support or who we don't because we tell you right from the beginning like fucking yeah but it might be a fun game for you to vote which of us might vote and which of us might not. That that could be fun. That's what we will not reveal. Who Wait, votes the three of us? Yeah. Well, if there was a bake sale, I would vote. I've been very firm about this. And <laughs> since the old ladies weren't making cookies, I stopped going. <laughs> oh. You know? But if they, that's all the incentive I would need. If there were like some 50 cent chocolate chip cookies yeah. home baked, I'd go and I'd check some stuff off. All right. Sure, why not? So uh, that brings us to the Senate race, which um, some people might like to, to be dramatic and call it a coronation. 
Uh, oh yes, congratulations, Peter Welsh. At age 75, <laughs> you have reached the peak. This is this is like, uh, I mean, you, hey, you did it sooner than, uh, what's his face, Prince Charles, you know? I, mean, I guess, <laughs> when good you say, on you, man. When you say did it sooner than Prince Charles, I... It's just it's truly amazing. And also because his political career is kinda hilarious in that he started as a legislature and then like decided to run for he did the whole thing, was like very green on the surface, ran for Congress, lost, ran for governor, lost, took ten years off, came back to the Vermont Senate built up his, you know, kind of goodwill with everybody, and then... And probably it, also, you know, funding. Funding, <laughs> exactly. Getting more in line with the machine, as it were. And then, conveniently, you know, Bernie moves up the chamber, he gets to slide on in. And he's just been kind of patiently sitting around waiting. I would love to know if he was impatient. That would be very funny. He was just, <laughs> just sitting there tapping his foot. damn it, yeah. why won't... Pat will fucking die! You know? <laughs> <laughs> All I need is him to do his own stunt in one Batman movie. Exactly. Hit his head, and I'm in. Yeah, the, my favorite part about like watching the Senate race right now is is uh, observing the uh, the Progressive Party endorsed versus Bernie endorsed yes. candidates, which is something because that, they're not the same. Right. I love it. Oh, I love man. it. It's just uh, what is the Progressive Party, guys? Uh, but yeah, so Peter Peter Welch. You know, I was like like all good Americans. I was out in Montpelier to see the uh, the parade there, and then in Williston's to see the parade there for the Fourth of July. Uh, and Bernie, back to back, man, was there walking with Welch to to support and campaign with him, which is fantastic. And then you got like like five people with them. Isaac Evans, France, the Progressive Party. Nom, um, There's a couple of these people where I'm just it. like, you kind of do maybe hope they go through what you went through, Mike. But just like I ran and then realized this was like, oh, and thank God decision. I lost. Thank God. Oh my God. For your soul. My feeling is, and it no. wouldn't have done anything for anybody else. Which is my the whole point is like, I could have won. Chip Mason would be out. Like, and. I'd still be living in Ward 5. That would be terrible. Joan Shannon would hate me more, if that's possible. This is a woman who once told me I'm why we can't have nice things. Yeah. And I'm going to sit and pretend to work with those people. Like, what am I going to get done? You're going to And there are decent people, right? Like, there's, you know, I look at Perry, who tries, and Joe, who tries. And I'm like, you're trying. Good for you. I'm glad. (laughs) It's not me. That's what I'm glad. Did and if they need cookies, I'll bring them some. I'll bring cookies. But I do think, and you know, I don't want to lose this and all of this. I'm not against anybody voting. I'm not like gonna discourage people yeah. from voting. I'm not gonna make fun of. I might make fun of you a little for voting, <laughs> but I think the problem is it takes so much political energy and so much money. And I was an econ major, and I always am thinking about opportunity costs. So I'm just like, okay, well, if we took what. How, how much is fundraised for just, uh, let's go with the lieutenant governor race before the quitters quit? A million and a half? Half a million each? For the lieutenant governor? No, for Congress. Oh, for Congress. Yeah. For Congress, I'm for sorry. Congress, yeah. For the Congress. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, you're thinking Molly. Yes. Yeah. Becca, Molly. Uh, yeah. Kesha. Kesha. We've got a million and a half. Mm-hmm. 
What could you do with a million and a half dollars? I know. You could do so much. And how many person hours are getting spent on those campaigns yeah. that could be spent on a union organizing Mike, movement. that's the easy argument. Come on. Sorry. Lowest hanging fruit. I'll get prize. back to hating. I'll get back to hating. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I blacked out for a second. It's such a waste and, of money. Oh. And they're not, well, but again, like I'm this cracking is, my beverage to start hating again. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is something that you can get agreement and lip service. Let's be clear, that's a spindrift. <laughs> yeah, but I already had my working class PBR. So. All right, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're rehydrating. Yeah. yeah. Um, did did we want to say anything about the Republicans? In I would just race, so the I will just dunk on P- Peter for a little bit. Oh, One, dunk, yeah. there's a couple things. Dunk away, my friend. <laughs> Odds that um, the when the first article comes out that he's still stock trading. Uh, once he's inaugurated into the Senate. Extremely high. Yeah, I would say, like, give or take about 500 days. Um, the betting market and is And then my biggest question is whether, where he gets his committee assignments. Will he, given the uh, big fish kind of small pond reputation of both Bernie and Leahy, will he attempt to use committee assignments to grandstand in the way he sort of brought himself onto the national stage with the impeachment stuff. Yeah. Because he got some good he's kind of, and yeah, then, he's got some good sound bites. That was like the yeah. first time in his career they really got some, did he get a taste? <laughs> did he got a little taste of it? And then all I will say, we have a little more on one Republican candidate later, which we'll talk about. But Christina Nolan, um, just the fact that she's most famous for a campaign video highlighting the mayonnaise shortage Oh, that I was. Think. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. I forgot all about it. That should kind of so just. Good. That should go down as like so a. Good. You know what? Like we have to all timer. Let's talk briefly again. These are these are mostly just the uh, the races that we're we have particular interest in. But um, yeah, rising rising star uh, Sarah George, running for Chittenden State <sighs> Attorney, and for- getting a challenger. Which will pr- ultimately prove how reactionary is Chittenden County. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how? Yeah. And I, I just think it's it's so her challenge Ted Kenny. Uh, he has the support of local shit stains like Ed Adrian rake.vt.org. Go ahead and read our story on Ed and his <laughs> uh, wonderful time as a commissioner on the Vermont Commission on Women. It's a classic kind of case of things that are unfolding around different parts of the country where right. a so-called progressive prosecutor, which right. does not exist, yeah. we should be very clear, does not exist. Okay. These yes. people are cops. Right. Okay. So, um, yes, that is the question, is how progressive, how progressive can cops be? And so she is running against a, the, a guy who is basically saying she's not tough on crime, I will be, I'll back the police. I won't, def- you know, we won't, we don't stand for defund, yada, yada, yada. And uh, Ted Kenny marched with a guy at one of those 4th of July parades who uh, was a state trooper who got a Brady letter, from, which is, <laughs> um, yes, that means you basically, Ooh. your testimony and anything you say is not admissible in court settings because you are unreliable. So if you want to talk about the coalition he's built, at least in a law enforcement perspective, he was recently endorsed, I saw this today, by the Burlington Police Officers Association. Oh my god. Can you believe it? Shocking turn Can of events. Can you believe amazing, it? Amazing, amazing. But, um... I, I have a, a mild... Right, like, she's a cop. I have a mild soft spot for Sarah George. She said some things that I'm like, good, good. You're trying 
But then she goes and does this, this, this little video campaign. She's got seven of them so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Get curious with Sarah George. And all I can think is, don't do that. Do well, not infantilize yourself. When you're running for top prosecutor. But she's That's going into the minutia of, like, case law, which I'm like, nobody gives a shit about that. Like, that is, like, wonky level, like, oh, let me describe, you know, whatever, blah, 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 and, um, I don't know. Yeah. One of my first memories of her is, th- doesn't she live on, like, like, on Lake Iroquois and boat on Lake Iroquois and didn't, like, some sort of... Some sort of reg, like law, or I don't know what it, what you would call it, but uh, and wanted to be able to ride her boat around. So she went and like changed the permitting rules or something. Yeah, so for her family, right? Had, like some property of it. Yeah. Wasn't that? That was. A, I mean, I don't know if I should look that up to not just have it be like this. No, it's, it's, I, let's, it's I was like, I do not like that woman. <laughs> No, but it's just, it's, you know. But that's me being sexist again. That's just. I mean, it's very sexist. It's just one of those things, too, where, like, again, it's where, like, the electoralism is, like, if you really actually believe you can elect people who are going to, you know, yes, okay, ending cash bail. Great. Great. Qualified immunity. Yeah, great. But, like, But it's not going to happen. Right. But it's just, but it's also, at the end of the day, who's she going to come down on? And, And the fact is, right now, there is a young man who is in prison. Um, oh gosh, what? Bazi. That's, I know that's his, that's his nickname, is Bazi. Oh. For a crime that he didn't commit, you know? And basically, he's sitting there in prison with no attorney. And like, so Sarah George is responsible for that. Sure. Like she is going to put people in prison. She's going to put inordinately people of color in prison. She is going to put women in prison. We have a women's prison that she's probably put most of those people in prison. And at that prison, let's be clear, people yes. were trafficked and yes. sexually assaulted and that's what happens in prisons, right? And so she would always come down on the side of the state violence. Like, that is her job. So the fact that if you, like, you can't, like, kind of separate that, and again, it's just, it is just sort of, you know, it's the weird new, like, electoral left sort of thing to say like, well, if we just put in more like progressive states, right. attorneys and AGs, then all just like, it's the most exaggerated yeah. example of like, yeah, you would do better work being outside of the system than right. being in it. Yes. Like you well, would be doing better work as an activist agitating. Like, because if you're in the system, there's no way you can win politically. And sometimes I'm like, guys, just, it's just politics. Like if you say, and Sarah's last piece was about restorative justice and right. how it's it's actually gets better results. And I'm like, I don't disagree, but you're like trying to pretend to be an abolitionist when you're obviously not an abolitionist. So you're going to lose this argument because you're trying to be both things. Um, but there's no way to win. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't put people in jail and there's any crime, which we all know there will be some crime, then the other side just screams... It's your fault, because that person didn't go straight to jail forever. (laughs) And crime happens, so everything's your fault. And then you don't get elected again. Mm -hmm. And now some reactionary replacement is going to replace you, and we move backwards. Uh, So should we 
mention a couple of randos of interest as a as a drum roll before we get into the yes. uh, the actually exciting co Congress race for most people. Yeah, it's just bothering me. One last uh, note on putting people in jail. Of course, the cops can never go to fucking jail because we couldn't possibly put those fuckers in jail for doing all the shit that they do. But you know, everybody else should go straight to jail, no trial. And, and people don't understand how our justice system works, right? Like, as somebody who has worked tangentially to it as a social worker, like, you don't get arrested and then immediately get a trial the next day. Yeah. There are sometimes years between these things. And the concept of, like, hey, you're innocent till proven guilty, but also you're two years in jail till your trial. Also, is every insane. other time you've been stopped and harassed. And oh, is counted. Is counted, yes. even if. All the charges were dropped, even if there's no, you know, like, yeah. It's, well, and it's, that's exactly when we talk about the reactionary portion of, like, let's just throw it out there. The people who are loving this race probably most frequently, Darren Parent is jizzing his pants over this race. <laughs> and that's because he, he's, like, I believe at this point he is now, like, the producer of WCX. Like, they love to make sure, obviously, if they regurgitate yeah. police press releases... But this person has had X amount of instances mm. in the last whatever yeah. year. So again, we can just be, because we can't treat everything as an individual, like it just is all that sort of culminating together. And when you have the most reactionary force in media, which is all of them, but WCIX is the most egregious offender that they are definitely taking a big stake in this because they get, they're going to get years of content out of this after this, either after this primary, if there is an upset, and if there is an upset, watch out for the stupid Jacobin think piece on this that, you know, because, or Ryan Grimm, who we were speaking earlier, how the, like, he's randomly in Vermont at all points, we don't know what he's doing, anyway, they will just throw this out there to bring attention to it, and it's just, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, it won't change. But their their narrative gets better because if Sarah wins, it's we can keep reporting on how shitty she is on crime, which is a myth. And then if he wins, it's oh gosh, is there going to be a true correction? Is everybody happy now? And let's go interview every single business owner and not actually interview actual people yeah. because that's all we care about. So anyway, rant over. It's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. So a couple of couple of randos that are just compelling and make us laugh and chuckle and chortle and whatnot. Uh, Brock Pierce running as an independent for Senate. Quick refresher on who Brock Pierce is, because for some of us, like me, familiar name. Brock but, Pierce. Uh, but I need a little assistance. Brock so Pierce has an IMDb page. Let's just start there. Oh. Hey, so does John Muret. That's right. Just saying. Again, <laughs> RakeVT.org. RakeVT.org. John <laughs> Muret. You want to see the full reel? <laughs> uh, Brock was a former child actor in movies such as the Mighty Ducks, where he played a young no. Gordon Bombay, played by Emilio Estevez, yeah. where he and missed in, uh, the penalty and gets scarred for life by his coach. But if it was Wait, two inches to the too, other side, it would have missed the goal completely. <laughs> he's in First He's in first Kid, which love is a movie, movie with Sinbad, where oh, he plays the, the son of the president. And I think... Uh, Maybe the I I vividly actually do remember that movie. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, and First kid? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Uh, where have you gone, Sinbad? That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, um, disappeared into just nothing. Disappeared. Should, should uh, I'm looking it up right now. The yeah. best part about it is, uh, in hindsight, 
is that Brock's character gets beat up by the oldest son from Home Improvement a lot <laughs> in the movie. So um, I need to search if that guy's on Cameo. I would love to just actually, I'm, I think I might do that. Oh, uh, we're going to have him shit talk Brock Pierce. Yes. Yeah. We'll just do it. <laughs> uh, at, but Brock left child acting at age 17. He founded, which I can only believe was the inspiration for Entertainment 720 from Parks and Rec. Uh, just because if you read, there's a really good article on the Daily Beast kind of about, uh, so in 2020, he ran for president. That was his whole sort of thing. So now he's decided, lives in Shelburne, controversially, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But he started this firm with his partner named Mark Collins Rector, which raised $75 million on an IPO, but then went to shit because Rector and the other founders in it had a sexual abuse case brought up against them. Mm. And so every, every one of them, including Brock, fled overseas to avoid <laughs> any prosecution. I am so glad I asked a simple question and you were prepared. Thank and you. after that, Brock started a gaming accessories company in which he hired a former Goldman Sachs uh, executive named Steve Bannon. <laughs> I've heard of that guy. <laughs> I've heard of that guy. And then from there, he got <laughs> he got into cryptocurrency, where he was counsel, counseling like, the likes of Jeffrey Epstein on the ins and outs of cryptocurrency. You can't make this shit up. I mean, actually, you could, though. You could make this back. shit up. You could just, you like, if you were like, how could I make this the weirdest fucking story of a, of a child star? Like, that's... And it gets even better. Because not only now in his current Senate campaign, he has listed that he and he does own a three point four million dollar property in Shelburne, Vermont. Mm -hmm. However, in the meantime, he had been living in Puerto Rico, taking advantage of a very nice tax loophole for crypto lords and business people to basically never have to pay much in the way of taxes. And now the Puerto Rican government found those documents in which he was claiming to live in Vermont oh, and are trying to now litigate him in a way. And he is basically, at this point, just dodging the Puerto Rican government slash kind of running here, but not actually living here because, yeah. you know, yeah. I have a quick conspiracy theory. Awesome. Which is one of the reasons people run for political office is for protection. Right? You can't, Puerto Rico, you can't come after me. I'm running for political office. Like, come on, guys. What are you going to do? Like you're going to, you're going to arrest. Yeah, it does, though. I mean, can you imagine if the Puerto Rican government, which I don't understand how that all works. <laughs> um, Given they are technically under the auspices of the United States government. Sure. Yes, that's why I was like, oh, who, who is it? But, right, how many people running for political offices do we know that have actually gotten in trouble, right? And Trump's, Trump's potentially pulling this off, too. There's this all on the, the, the gossip circles. You know, I was listening to NPR the other day, and they're like, well, Trump might start his campaign early, and that way if the 1-6 if the investigation goes poorly for him, they can't indict a, a person who's running for office. And I don't know, man. It's my conspiracy out there. I think, theory, that, no, like, I think it can be valid. I also just think these guys are just vapid and stupid enough that they actually believe, like... But they're not going to win. No. Like. No, they're not going to win, but it's like, I can throw a bunch of money at this, and it's just about the ideas, man. And James, 
Trafficant from Ohio. Our, our producer is telling us James Trafficant from Ohio, but I don't know why he's telling us this. Just tell us. Just tell us. <laughs> Representative James Anthony Trafficant Jr. was expelled from the House after being convicted of 10 felony counts, including taking bribes, filing false tax returns, racketeering, and forcing his congressional staff to perform chores at his farm in Ohio and houseboat in Washington, D.C. After his expulsion, Trafficant ran unsuccessfully as an independent candidate for another term in the House while incarcerated at the United States Penitentiary in Allenwood. These guys just have, it's just ego and done. Like, again, it's not even about, like, winning the election. It's literally about, like, I'm just about the ideas. I mean, it's, it's like Andrew Yang was a that candidate, right? Like, I'm an ideas guy. Like, go check out, there's a Truanon episode on Brock. Uh, just, just I'll check it. True oh, there is. That the might article. be why I know the name. Um, it's always funny because Vermont also has that loophole for governor where, like, you know, there's no age limit and technically no um, residency limit. So there's a kid, there's some kid from Nevada running for governor of Vermont. He's like 15. Well played. <laughs> yeah. So I might vote. I just decided. Just decided. I might he might become our first gamer politician. That's what, <laughs> Amazing. That's what we're hoping for. He's uh, our first gamer politician. I can't even remember his name, but great. I think it's a great, uh, great, great like high school project, social yeah. studies project, run for governor of Vermont. Yes. Everybody, all the high school social studies teachers out there, encourage your your students to run for governor of Vermont. Quick, quick aside. I uh, was looking at uh, Kesha's Wikipedia today. Oh. In wow. in preparation, and it does mention. That her first political office was middle school or elementary school or something. Oh yes, yeah, so we could. Yeah. Um, yeah, so but I love right. that that's that's like on the resume. It's like I I lobby oh, for more you know, hamburgers. You know my background with Keisha and resumes, right? Oh, <laughs> you like, know mine. Thanks for that reminder. It is a good idea to scrub things from your resume that are over ten years. When I was like. Dude, you didn't work at BCS. <laughs> oh, what? She didn't actually do direct service? None of these people actually work with the people that they're supposedly serving? Yeah. Uh, another rando that I feel uncomfortable, like, every time I see one of his signs is the Deploy Malloy guy. <laughs> with, like, the angry eagle it's slash... It's not an angry eagle. Okay. It's a uterus. I don't... It's it's coach from uh, gym class teaching <laughs> sex ed's version of a uterus. If that's I'm just saying, <laughs> once perfect. you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it, it's true. Once you see it. The floating angry ovaries. <laughs> the floating angry yeah. ovary eyes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's, that's, uh, that's, that's his announcement of being pro-choice. But yeah, he's great. He's great. Uh, he's a uh, you know, West Point grad. And We're starting a rumor here first. Yeah. <laughs> the deployment guy is actually pro-choice. It's actually, yeah. yeah. He's actually, all you, all you right-wing listeners, shh, don't tell. Yeah. He wants to build the wall, but not between your uterus and the world. Wait, no, yeah. I don't remember. It I, gets very I, confusing. I, it's, it's confusing. It's your, your choice if you want the wall. It's your choice if you want the wall for your uterus or not. He's like everything you would imagine. You see that sign, and he's everything you you'd imagine. Like he, his his website, he, he employer employers people to stop funding communism, terrorism, and aggression. He says that the red wave is coming. He sees it coming, uh, which I'm like. Is this that? It's a good so, sign, right, thing again, or The yeah. red wave is coming. I'm not saying it's the uterus. It's the uterus thing. I'm saying it all comes the back. The red wave is coming. <laughs> I was wondering, when I saw this, I was like, is he talking about my hair or my menstruation? Thanks. And last rando of interest, we, we, uh, we're we going to talk about Mermel. Mermel. The Merman. That's what we're calling him. Mermel the Termal. 
We're all germs <laughs> for merms. I don't know. I was just thinking. It's funny. So I will preface this. Uh, I should have done it, but he like leaves on his thing. Like text me directly. I I should have just texted this guy. Oh just, yeah, I thought you were going to. I, I didn't. I just oh, didn't. I didn't. So I didn't muster up the courage. Myers Mermel is the other Republican running for the U.S. Senate seat, who I think was just very confused and was doing a soft launch for governor until he realized Phil Scott was going to run for re-election, not run for Senate, which for like a hot minute people thought he was going to do because this is a man who has an insane amount of like detailed policy that like insane amount that a senator does not do. Like that is not in the job description. It's extremely localized to Vermont. Um, and he, so it's just, this guy's fascinatingly like dumb in like a weird way, like, like a fail forward. I don't know how to describe him. I'm just very confused. He has a, like an eight minute long political video about liberating Vermont just with his mounds of books. He just has like things of him writing in his study with it looks like a kerosene lantern writing like, you know, to Calvin Coolidge or some shit. I don't even know what's going on. I gotta, I gotta interject. I, I will be honest. I am always a little worried when I go to somebody's website and they say they are in favor of a strong first amendment. Of course. Because he's a Republican. Although that sounds good. That does sound good. When you think about it a little longer of what people mean when they're in favor of a strong First Amendment, what they mean is they should be able to see and look at literally anything that is on the Internet. And that's not good. That's no, not good. That he's endorsed by, okay, he's endorsed by Mike Huckabee. Okay, so like if you need to know like what kind of person he is, he's a... Uh, I think he's from Vermont. So, so, yes, on his website, he boasts that his roots of Vermont go back to his fourth, so his great, 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 great grandfather yeah. being in the American Revolution with the Green Mountain Boys, and that his great, great, great grandmother was an indentured servant for 20 years to a far, former Vermont governor, Charles K. Williams, in the 1850s because. No, what can, what a Vermont candidate, unless you claim some form of oppression, right? Yeah. You must. Yeah, and if. Them's the working class. Yes. Bonafides. Can, can I just give this a quick read? Go for it. I have all from, the details here. But from yeah. his fourth great-grandfather who fought alongside the Green Mountain Boys to his own graduation from UVM in 1984, Mermel... <laughs> sorry, I can't. Mermel... <laughs> Mermel who currently resides in Manchester has deep roots in Vermont. Um, amazing. And it gets better. Strong. Oh, I, I'm sure it does. And you I will get to continue all on. Please. I will do Sorry. the cliff notes version because let me tell you, Holy shit. This is fantastic. Boy, he said a mouthful as we would like to say, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, cool. yes, he was a UVM grad. He likes to, he actually boasts that he lost the student government association presidential election by 14 votes, Yes, which is just an amazing thing to boast that you lost the, uh, an office that Keisha Ram has held first off. Like that was just, make sure we all know Keisha Ram held that office. Yeah. He boasts that he lost it. Two. Not to Keisha, because that no, before her. Sorry, they did not overlap. Obviously before her. But just student government, because anybody, if you've been to college, and anybody who's in, involved in student government, oh. you know are just the absolute 
Oh. Do not hang. Bad vibes, people. <laughs> snitches. Just stay away. They're snitches. Yes. He interned for George H.W. Bush and Alan Simpson, a Republican Wyoming um, senator for a long time. And he was the finance chair for Mike Huckabee's 2008 presidential election. And he also claims on his website he could be an ordained minister, but he just hasn't gotten around to it yet. Just... Uh, I mean, technically, me too. If they'll let Jews I mean, do that, yes, he's he's believing that that's special. Like I think that when you can get a certificate of it. What is that? Like, I just. But this is not his first foray oh, into political office. In fact, in 2010, he ran for both governor of New York, and then when he realized he would not win, he ran for lieutenant governor of New York, and he accomplished absolutely nothing. This was 2010, so that was when Como first, Como won that election after. And according to the Albany Times Union in 2011, Mermel, <laughs> uninvited, crashed a meeting of the New York GOP after they lost all statewide races in New York State. And he was kicked out because he was not invited. And his claim that he shouldn't have been kicked out was... He's a former candidate and a major donor, and don't you think they should listen to him? Great argument. <laughs> Can't, yeah. and, this, and, and this very begging yeah, pick-me begging pick-me guy style that he likes to have here is because he also would love to beg Elon Musk to relocate Tesla to Do Vermont. Right. Oh, why not? Because We're all, we all want that. We all want that. We all do. And... Unfortunately, he has not been in Elon's replies more cars saying that he's late epic win. But uh, he also believes that in our sol to solve our statewide broadband issue, we should use Starlink, which is a bunch of satellites that hover low in the Earth's atmosphere that is run by SpaceX. <laughs> so he just wants to basically give everything to Elon on a Vermont level without understanding that's not what a senator is going to do yeah. in any position. Also, Elon, Elon, Elon bros are the best, though. And they Elon are. also famously pro-First Amendment. That's right. Famously. Famously. Well, this, this but, is why, like, it's like the guy is a complete Elon bro, and it's just so weird. It's like the Elon bro and old-school Republican mashup, yeah. and it's n not a banger. <laughs> No, well, I mean, but what is, sounds similar to Brock. Yes, it actually, it's actually funny <laughs> it because if he, it's the one thing that I, how I learned about him was because he leads with these very conveniently. He actually says some things that you go, eh, okay, those are reasonable ideas. But again, they're ideas that no senator in a national delegation would ever accomplish. That's why I believe he actually was trying to run for governor and realized he wasn't gonna win, so fuck it, I'll run for senator <laughs> and leave my campaign website exactly the same. Exactly the same. So with, with the text me directly. With the text me directly. So one, of, like his, one of his policies is that, that he wants Vermonters to ski and snowboard for free oh, yes. if we add an additional hospitality tax on out-of-staters. Uh, so- I love that. <laughs> yeah, so basically his premise is that their lift ticket will restore one-tenth of a lift ticket back to a Vermonter. Perfect. So in theory, if a resort sells 1,500 lift tickets, Vermonters get 150 first-come, first-served free lift tickets. I'd like to noodle his idea. 
So I'm just gonna noodle this a little. So just like low-income housing, Vermonters get a separate mountain. I would or at least a separate couple of paths, like the good paths, though. It's like the low-income housing tax credits, except except better, right? Because the rich tourists come in, they get us our free stuff, but then we don't need to mingle with them, <laughs> right? That's supposed to be what Mad River Glen is about, but that just became city market of, like, skiing. Right. So, no, I agree with you. And we can get into the minutia of that, but that's just what bog us down. But... Uh, the other thing he also states is he believes it's he has two big slights on the University of Vermont. He but one he believes UVM is violating its charter by only educating eighteen percent of Vermont residents. In in essence, that makes them a private school. Therefore, they should now pay a tax starting at $125 million until UVM admits 51% of in-state students. I'm for it. Sounds great. It does sound great. I'm actually not accounting for the fact we probably don't even actually have enough high school graduating kids to ever <laughs> to fill that. make that up. Also, that's not my problem. I want I agree. the $125 that's, million. I'm a Vermont. I went to UVM. That's not my problem. Like, I get, I'm I an out-of-state Vermonter. Yeah. I went to UVM. and I'm out-of-state Vermonter. Oh, yeah. I don't it's know if that's it's like cool. We'll based, again, it's like he has these low-key based Four ideas, in the but then you realize who he is. And his final you one is the merman's final one. Is he would require UVM to pay ten million in a settlement pool for its role in the Vermont eugenics project, and then every year they must host a dinner on the winter solstice because that's the darkest day of the year. Okay, I love this idea too. And this it's fucking fantastic. And, and the speaker has to talk about institutional racism, and the dinner must last for a hundred years. And not only a hundred year dinner or a hundred one 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 time dinners. A hundred times. Okay. So if it starts next year, a hundred years out. It's not an ongoing dinner. And then you know, century. so then he also said remove the Perkins in the rain of the woke winter solstice. <laughs> and he also one of his final things is that we must bring back the bus ball. To campus, the buzzball, buzzball, B U S. Do not drink buzzballs. Just as a no, it is, quick has aside. nothing to do with alcoholic alcohol. beverage, except it is a was a art display that certainly was not there when I was, and that was a long time ago. But B U S. It's a sculpture like in a ball. It's a sculpture in a ball made of VW bus parts. And it was a random artist displayed it there, and it got removed. And apparently, Mermel is outraged by this. I feel this. like I've, I've seen... I think I've seen it once or twice, yes. So, I think he'd still be more effective outside of politics, because those are good ideas, and he should do them by, like, sitting in the president of UVM's by office. By storming GOP fail parties and saying, I paid and ran, why don't you listen to me? Okay, I was thinking more of a protest movement. I hope oh, okay, okay. A he but can always too. infiltrate UVM YDSA, push these on these kids, and then they're like, get this old man out of here. And then when they storm the president's office, he breaks it up and says, you didn't listen to me. That can be his like I love it. magnum opus. <laughs> I'm actually not for this because none of you listen to my And oh, bring a four-course meal and have the whole thing happen on the solstice, and that yes. can be the first and it's, one. Yeah, the first and he one. talks about how they oppressed him. Oh, God. So let us talk about the main dish, Congress. All nice right. transition, by the way. 
Mermel's dinners, the main the dish. Main I see what you're doing. Yeah, it's uh, oh, yeah, all this little. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Congress has been it's 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 been the uh, the Super Bowl of this of this election cycle here in Vermont. <laughs> it's the one that's been built up the most, and we've got. Becca Ballant, Molly Gray, um, Shanae, Chase Clifford, and and Luis or Louis, Louis Myers Meyer. on the on the Dem on the Dem primary. Two uh, of them we won't really talk about. Can, yeah, we're not. We we already we already know like Shanae's husband. The... Great press conference moment. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, his her husband played college basketball at Boston College. Oh, he was guy. asked. What his memory would be on his last game, and this was when Boston College went 0 for 18 in league play, and he broke down crying, saying, "Just going out to eat with my boys." It was after games. It was, after games. It's very sweet. Touch it's of very moment. sweet. It's awesome. Very endearing. Also I'm sorry. fun to realize yeah. that you're like, oh wait, that's <laughs> that's him. That was a very worlds colliding for me moment. Um, <laughs> she has no chance. Uh, perhaps she will use. But this she as is the prog. Nom- um, candidate. She's the, for the. Are you trying to say the progressives don't have any sway in these? I think that's elections? what I'm saying. Oh yeah. my god. Um, so hang with her husband. <laughs> so before, I think we can unequivocally say that we already know the winner, and that is Emerge Vermont. Right, Emerge. And is, Madeline Cunin. And Madeline Cunin. Madeline Cunin is winning this and election via Emerge. If you don't say that they are the winner. You're sexist. <laughs> I lost a, I lost friends because of my take on the cartoon, oh. which is it's, oh. a, it's a very like weird yes, the cartoon. The cartoon. Let's just describe it. But this was before any of this them before announced. Before any of them announced, we all knew that that Keisha, Keisha and Becca and, and sorry, and a sexist using their first names. Oh my, that is sexist because you can call Rum them David and Balance or Run and Phil. Right. Well, no, they were running, and was it? It was VT, seven days or VT. One of them published a cartoon, and it was Madeline Cunning driving the car, and the three of them were in the seat acting as children. Oh wait, would that's on... another cartoon. I was thinking of the first one. Well, yeah, I just. I was thinking before they announced that they were running. There's multiple. This has been a cartoon election in more ways. Than, yeah. <laughs> um, that one in particular caused. Uh, people to get upset because they believed that, you know it's three women they're infantile you know you know making them infantile uh making it seem like they're whiny whatever so it was the three candidates uh, and what they bring to the table and it was uh becca Bale in the front seat saying um experience and molly gray in a car seat in the back saying me a healthy ego and the correct gender right madeline and kesha in the other car seat saying, oh yeah, I've got that, that plus attitude. What do you, what about you, Balant? And then uh, Madeline Cunin driving the car saying, sheesh, are we there yet? <laughs> and people lost their collective shit over that take because, well, it was just, it kind of got into obvious, the obvious of identity politics, things like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was anybody who supported it. It was but you were just labeled as sexist. But that is emerge VT, and that is identity politics, right? There's no desire to talk about actual change or what you actually want to do because you know damn well you're not going to do anything, and so you make the election about this guy was sexist, that guy was sexist. You you find perceived slights, 
and you play them up as much as you can, you raise a ton right. of money, and then you quit. Which, I mean, which is run why, for office. <laughs> which is why. And pay all your employees. Yeah, no, that's the the thing with Molly Gray, the kind of infamous retort she had to Tim Ash when he was like, why are you, why are you going for lieutenant governor? And she's like, um, sorry, that's sexist. No, she, what she said is that's a question that men ask women running for office, right? Or whatever. Why don't you set your sights lower? You're just a woman. Right. Is the implication that she's right. saying that he was um, saying. But the real answer was, because I'm not running for lieutenant governor, I'm running for Congress. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. But God forbid you answer a question... You know, find a perceived slight. Much more effective in getting your white liberal friends to like you and vote for you. Yeah. Because that's what this is. It's still student government. It's just 30 years later. Um, yeah. They're still just trying to get me hamburgers two days a week and pizza three days a week instead of <laughs> one and four. It's like, I don't oh, give a shit. Oh, Lord. But yeah, so Becca Ballant, uh, a couple of the interesting things coming out now that are probably going to, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how messy things get. Uh, with, like, the PACs and the super PACs and, like, uh, Gray's campaign coming after Ballant from the beginning about accepting money from super PACs and the the, uh, the ads that were running, the red boxing thing, and asking her time and time again to, like, denounce. But it's it's an attempt to make it an interpersonal conflict. I mean, it, it's all crap. All, all politicians. Yeah. With me and Chip, I fell into the same thing because there wasn't... I mean, there was some... some substantive difference on what we were running for, but every conversation at every door I knocked on, it was like, oh, well, I like what you're running on, but, you know, Chip coaches my kid's soccer team. And I'm like, I, who gives a shit, man? It doesn't matter. And then it's just, who do you like more? And Emerge Vermont and all of these topics just try to boil it down to some bullshit about a pack or some bullshit about a cartoon. I mean, when Molly came out on the scene, one of the things that was most impressive is, like, how many strings she could pull. Like, how how vast her network was and how much money she could uh, fundraise in, like, you know, from being a relatively unknown person, right? Yeah. On the political scene. And, um, yeah, that's definitely one of the things. This is why, like, yeah, Emerge is winning regardless because, like, that's... What that's what it's it's there for. It's like And somehow they're not a political party, which I still don't understand. <laughs> but of course, but you know, it's not, they also like balance calling uh, Gray a, a corporatist. The, the the whole thing is you guys are trying to do the the progressive uh, positioning. And we all know like basically the only thing that the progressive party has served to do is to push everything more right. Okay? Because like in other cities, other places This is a hot take. Tell us about in it. In other cities and other places, the things that the progs are running on are actually just like the, the platform for the Democrats, right? So the progs in Bur Burlington, you would think progs, Democrats working together in Burlington could get shit done. But no, because the Democrats are actually just like either as centrist as you can get or like, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to agree with that, but... But yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like these, like calling calling Molly a corporatist Democrat. You're just like compared to what? Yeah. Compared to what? It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where Becca can say that because she has some backing from some part. But she has the Bernie now. Sure. She has. She's kind of fostered some progressive adjacent right. coalition. But at the end of the day, I can say just anecdotally that if you're campaign sign is at the house of Elizabeth Allen Pennebaker, 
who owns a mansion on Willard Street, where I live, who was also the woman famed for organizing the orange signs against yeah. just cause evictions mm. in Burlington. Mm. She has big Becca Balance. Like, it, it corporatist of outside interests or corporatist of, like, landed gentry inside All interests. Right. That's, that's, great... that's pretty much, like, so what does the difference boil down to? That you're just less obvious than the other person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and yes, the whole thing... That's exactly it. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing uh, with... with um trying to position Balant as like the the champion of like the teachers unions and stuff like that. Like she's not no, pensions. No. Like what? She absolutely You're the person who gutted that shit. They didn't even endorse her. I mean they're endorsing Molly Gray simply because they felt but not that she's gonna do any different, no, but like she's not gonna do any it better. was literally they believe I as far as I can understand, believe it's a political move because they felt when the pension thing was up and Balant basically turned her back on them and mm-hmm. said, you know, and she's gotten these seven, you know, and VT Digger had the whole article. I'm like, well, you know, she realized it just wasn't going to work with that. So her and her staffer took out politicians across the aisle out for a walk. And it's like this whole endearing thing about they give them a piece of candy. It's like to disarm them. It's, it's all very, you know, that thing. Like, and then she did the whole slate slate podcast yeah. about like how to run and not be a jerk and keep your moral like, and again, it just comes down to they have nothing more to say over the like, well, I just try to recognize that we can like, agree to, to disagree. I don't, I don't even know if it boils down to agree to disagree, but basically it's like I can just be as calculated as I actually want to be and not have to give off the appearance that I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. And that makes me, that I believe makes me effective. And perhaps in the eyes of voters in this primary, that might because I think the one thing we have to talk about is Molly runs on this whole idea that she's a Washington DC like insider knows the working speed just because she interned for Welsh and like you know yeah, has these kind of like global jobs nobody gives a shit about foreign policy when they're electing a congressperson <laughs> so like that just kind of goes out the window Maybe she's not running for congress <laughs> that was <laughs> Believe me. Tons of hot takes right now. I love it. I love it. But wasn't that... That was probably the plan, right? If it wasn't for... Like, look, they had to know Peter Welsh was just going to obviously take the jump up. But if he had to eat He's also 75. Yeah. Yeah. So she can wait around. I mean, the the thing... Her career can basically mimic his career. She can go away for 10 years and come back and probably get everything she actually wanted. And again, Molly Gray has... What she has working for her is her experience as lieutenant governor. So there are no what, consequences. For what, six months? <laughs> yeah. For the, no, but this is the thing. Like, you've got a political position. You've got the recognition. It's a statewide office. But there's no policy. Like, you have no Can't get power in trouble. at all. Can't get in trouble. There's no accountability. Oh yeah, and of course, of course, if you want to hear more about Molly Gray, we CIA. Yeah, Molly Gray is CIA. We have a uh, two-parter about Molly Gray from. Um, back when she became lieutenant governor, where we we um, had guest pit fiend on. So you can check that out. I think it's Girl Bosses of Vermont. <laughs> something, something very not sexist, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. That we kind of dove more into her, some of the international experience that she has and uh, you know how that's tied, tied with like global slavery and all that good stuff. But when they talk about, right, this election's historic. Every election is so historic. Yes. Get out the vote. But it's just, it is one of those, it's like, obviously, like, 
selection historic. We're, we're either going to send a woman or we're going to send a woman who is part of the LGBT well, community. Color. Oh, right. Oh, and wait, no. Well, she quit. She quit. Well, that was she quit. Um, I have hot takes on that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I do find it funny that, like, I think we accurately, that who in this campaign had to turn, like, turn right to kind of pull in. Oh. And it, we, it was, it was going to be Molly. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knew. I just sort of find it funny the way she's turning right is by attacking a pack that's for LGBTQ rights. It just sort of. How dare you take money? Well, it's not even taking money. That's the. It's uh, not taking money. It's a great it's taking, phrasing. But it's taking. Person. How dare you direct a pack to support you in our corrupt system? And that pack is probably the least evil one we could come up with. And I'm going to be so <laughs> mad about it. I don't know. You come up with a less, a more, a less evil? Yeah, yeah, less evil. Yeah. I don't know. They're, I'm sure, yeah, I don't know. But they're, but yeah, point, point taken, right? But uh, it's also interesting to, like, this, this piece that came out within the last couple of days about, uh, about how much money they've spent and how much money they're sitting on. And going into this, like, the last 20, like, the last three or four weeks, Molly's got, like, $430,000, right? Did you read this? Yeah. Something like $430,000 that she's just it's like so waiting much. to pour into this, this final stretch. Well, and Or she's saving it for her next run. Yeah, because that's the thing. What do you do with it? You donate it to charity or you save it for your next run. And so I think, again, these people will keep running over and over again, even if they're not going to win, either for their weird ego thing or because you just pank it away for, however, for your next campaign. And, I mean, Kesha is a beautiful example of this, right? She keeps winning these tiny-ass local elections. And I think the only reason she runs for these bigger things, she knows she's not going to win. Quitting's perfect. You raise half a million dollars. You get some more name recognition. She had some She had some she, big, endor- like, she had Nina Turner endorse her, right? Whatever. But that's <laughs> the Turner. point, right? She wasn't going to win, or she'd have to, like, race competitively and burn some bridges. The civility oh, would have to cons- go away. Yes, and if and you then, want the truly conspiratorial just, thing was when you, just, you had a file for uh, campaign finance, right. and they found something in the Hinsdale name that was not going to endear her to a progressive ethos in any sort of means. That's the sure, but I don't, think, I don't think any of that matters. I think she keeps doing this, and she keeps losing, because it is the easiest way to assure your spot at the local level. I mean, it's like, hmm. I ran. Like, you see it on people's resume. Ran for this, ran for that. It's like, you lost, asshole. Like, you're not even good at this. But everybody's like, oh, I remember their name from the, like, ooh, if they were good enough to even run for senator, I'm sure they'd make a great city councilor. And yes, I'm making right, fun run. of everybody that votes because you're idiots. <laughs> you're run. stupid So you're saying idiots. run for lieutenant governor, get to Congress. Get, you're, get to, um... Run for Congress, come back to the Senate, state Senate, just yeah. right. run for governor, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. a great yeah. plan. Yeah. If yeah. I ever want city council again, which I won't, I would run for state senator or something, something bigger the year before, and then you just drop it back. Guaranteed win. <laughs> Ws. Pulling them out of my mouth like Jameis Winston. we got to get back to sports analogies. Well, this is inter- entertaining. Yeah. So but with Molly, right. like... Called failing forward. She, I am a white man. I know how to do it. Oh jeez. If she doesn't <laughs> win, like, can she go back to be like? It's kind of the whole thing with like, can you go back to lieutenant governor without looking sad or just like killing your stock? Ask Dave. Yeah. No, she would have to run for governor. 
like or yeah or like i guess she's a yep. lawyer she's for that higher office and then come back later she, yeah she, but she, i she think it's like frankly they knew this opportunity was coming they just need someplace to hold her like that's blatantly pretty clear mm-hmm. but if she loses i'm just curious i kind of think she'll just you know go she won't run for a while but we'll cut co- she'll come back to it when it's a clearer path forward. I mean, the the thing about her being like looking at her as like a career politician and like the 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 merits of like putting in your time, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like the fact that she pulls out and endorses Becca. Oh, for Keisha, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but speaking right, purely to Molly, like it's kind of honestly, I don't envision her doing like the being a state rep thing. Oh, no, no. Uh, no, she'll she go prob- and, and do some, like, big... She will go work for like, the United... She'll go work in D.C. doing something yeah, else. She will go work for the United States Ooh, government. Yeah. Uh, discussing. Ambassador. She, yeah, she'll be the ambassador to Uganda, who, by the way, just found a huge reserve of gold and uh, might be like we start talking about human rights abuses. Or there. Or she will talk about her uh, wonderful paper on private armed security forces at places like gold mines in... Africa. So she can go back to do that. And then if she's done in the primary and kind of feel like she's, that's just my prediction is is that she's going to be done, but who knows? I don't really don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She'll step out and step back in that. and, And I think, the I mean, she easy- already did that in Vermont, and yes. it worked perfectly. Yes, there. exactly. And the easiest thing will be you can get a VT digger seven days to write about her lessons learned in her time oh, away, or just totally rehab. You should manage a Should we come back to your hot take that the Progs actually move politics right? In so Vermont? I mean, I I feel like we we need to wrap things up at this point, <laughs> but I will say that uh, you know we we did want to talk more about how the Progressive Party is dead <laughs> and that it basically <laughs> i mean like, honestly like what has it even done in in burlington even like looking at the Pro- 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 party ever? like no 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 not ever what is it doing now i think ever is a great question too. Oh, <laughs> as i listen ever? to the f-35s go over my house every fucking yes. day i wonder what they've done ever because they're still politicians bernie i love you but jesus christ yeah it's yeah well, so, and this is the thing, is it's, it's, has it just created, uh, you know, a more reactionary um, p- politicians that, that are, are, you know, where the backlash moves the Overton window dramatically, uh, you know, or, or, I, I mean, you look at, you look at just the example of defund, right? Just give me two seconds to Google Overton window, <laughs> and then I'm going to say yes. Um, no, but just the example of defund, we were going to do it, and they just gave them raises instead. You know, like we actually, you know, it, it's just the, the progressive party has the, the ability to platform these ideas just enough to have insane backlash and propaganda gain more ground than they had in the first place. You look at the fact that our most important politician in the state, Bernie, he was a founder of what became the progressive party. This is big time, right? What progressive candidates did, has he endorsed in this election? I mean, and that, 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 that speaks to the bullshit game of politics at mm-hmm. the national level that then trickles down to the, the, I mean, the state level also. But even, again, even like at the city level where like the progressive party in Burlington, you know, it's supposed to be the shining beacon, right? But it's not. It's a bunch <laughs> of... It's a bunch of 
friends of a certain political ilk, and you know or I'm not, saying because you've got the you've got not. Brian Pine, and then sure, you got their friends. Like, friends, right? And like I say, this is somebody who was Same asked party. asked to run by Jane Nodell, right? Because they didn't have anybody to run in Ward Five. But they're so poorly organized, too. They're terrible at their own goddamn jobs. Well, and they right? don't Nobody support their own me. candidates. Like, we've seen yes. this. And this is like, where, and I, I'm it. gonna sound like this awful, like, You're spurned lover. gonna sound like, who is it, Mermel? Marmal, yes. <laughs> You're the Marmal of Look, the Look, I'm the Marmal of the Vermont Progressives, and I'm proud of it. It wasn't even like, you know, after the fact, I found out they were like, we just needed somebody to run in Ward 5. And to like, not look pathetic. Why? To not look like, like the decadent and then they dying were party that we Steve, are. Steve fucking Goodkind is running, and I see him while I'm knocking on... I literally knocked on every door in that ward, because <laughs> this is when I really thought like things could work, because I still had hope in me. It, it froze it right out of me. Um... <laughs> I, I, I was but, going door to door with a baby for yeah, right? Like we we've, we've done these <laughs> things. I hope that anybody listening knows I've done it. Oh. I'm not just talking shit. Yeah, they do things like that, and it burns out potential people who could organize, people who could yeah. potentially run a serious campaign some other time. It burns out the volunteers. Yeah, people it burns who could out get that money to. I could do a million at... other things. I had no chance in that election, and nobody even had the heart to tell me. <laughs> Right? My volunteers were all just friends of mine because they wouldn't give me volunteers. They didn't support me in any way. They just gave me an Excel list. And they were like, and Jane, Jane Nodell made a couple calls, and that's it. And, and then they wonder why they don't have a stable of politicians. And it's just like sports, right? Like you use the lieutenant governor to jump to the next spot. And, and again, it's a party that's playing. By p- political rules, like this, it's just like, yeah, you need the funding, you need this. Like, if you need, if you need to have money and you need to have uh, staying power, you need to have, uh, you know, strange bed partners, right? Like, you've got to, you, you know. But just like any nonprofit, as opposed the to goal... actually building any sort of community power and solidarity, they're sure. not, they're not. That's not what the progressive party is invested in. And that's where we could get all but sorts that's of where, And that's where it's, I mean, like, you can, there was, like, material right. interest when Bernie was running for mayor and stuff. And I, but, in like, some of the people who are around for it, I, my take is kind of a, yeah, if they stuck around, a lot of them just settled into, like, you know, Brian Pine. He's, a, like, the landlord, like, professional politician class. So, like, he, he you know, you can just detach yourself from that. Yeah. And then when they had this squabble of the young people coming in versus them forming the schism, but then it's just like there's bad political instincts across the board. But a it's, new wine it's, and old wineskins, man. Yeah. That shit ruptures. Yeah. And I think... Biblical reference. Yeah, it went right over my head. I think it comes down to this idea of like what's the goal, right? And this happens with nonprofits. This happens with political parties. The goal is to keep the party alive. It's not to make material change. Mm-hmm. And this is true for nonprofits. It's why they don't make any material change. Maybe for a couple people it does. And for politicians, it's even worse. Because the material change that happens is for the fucking politician. Right. It's not for anybody else. I want to keep my career alive. You look at Brian, you look at... Pick any of them. Mm-hmm. Right? Even pick the ones that we... we I'm, you know, I have a soft spot for, for Dave or so, for so Chris. Yeah, yeah for these people, yeah. Uh, but, like... 
why are you running for well, lieutenant governor again? Well, you have a thing where we wanna... like like people and and I don't like people. Tend to, well, but no, but actually tend to think the best of people initially. Sure. Falling easily into the trap of like good faith discussions, like those kinds of things. Sometimes. You know? and, 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 and so, so you see these people who are like, you know where their heart is. You've been there. And, but I think that even those people, right? Because I know. I'm not going to name too many names because I don't want to burn the bridge. So maybe you're right. Maybe I'm nicer than I, I think I, I am. Um, is that they're willfully ignorant. Who benefits in this system? You do. And if you tell them that, they get really sad and really offended. And I'm like, it's a corrupt system. It's not your fault. But you're choosing to be in it. And so you're the one who's going to benefit. And this whole like... Oh well, I like that there's leftists pushing me, and and then I I'm going to be the negotiator, and and the answer's really somewhere in the middle, and the progs are pulling the progs aren't pulling anybody left. You're not getting anything done. There's been no material change in what I'll go with 30 years because I started following this shit when I was like nine, I guess, <laughs> like a good lefty. The only benefit is for the person who makes this their career, which is why I won't vote except for Mermel because I like his solstice <laughs> idea. Or if you'll give me some cookies. You gotta oh, text him after this. Don't moment. forget about Just the... Just get that uh, line of communication over. Yeah, text him. He's got the number. Uh, what about the, the, the kid? Don't forget the kid. Oh, fuck. Yeah, the gamer kid. Yeah. yeah. Two different positions. See, you, got, you get to see you can vote for two different people. I can vote twice. You can. Yeah, legally. All right, friends. Thanks again for joining us on this unhinged episode of Unsolicited Bridge Fish. Uh, you can l- follow us on Twitter. Do the social media things that I do not do because they are hellholes. I shouldn't include that. Right you now. should include that. That's great. Um, great. But yeah, so uh, we'll we'll make more content eventually when we get our shit together. Uh, but until until then, have fun. Let it, let us know what what kind of uh, crazy candidates you are are looking forward to hear more things about.